Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickel. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation, and welcome to the latest episode of the Freedom Nation podcast. And on today, I have Robert Poole, and we're going to learn a lot about what he does. For those of you that are in the audience that are from the world of business, that own businesses, you'll want to pay particular attention because Bob or Robert's going to teach us a little bit about how to kind of get yourself out of that beautiful prison you built that is a business. So, Robert, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Jeff. It's great. Glad, glad to have you on. I'm l- looking forward to the conversation. Uh, those fellow business sufferers who've created these beautiful things that we call businesses and then lock, locked ourselves into them at that point. Look forward to hearing your your take on it. So before we get started, why don't we, or, or to get started, why don't we start off with a little bit of your story? So tell us how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, absolutely. I um I was my my first job, if you call it that, uh, was in the army. Uh, I uh, went to West Point and then was an army officer for a few years. I got out, moved out here to uh, the Phoenix, Arizona area where I still live today. And you know, I got involved in business and started doing different types of sales jobs. Primarily, I did you know everything from corporate recruiting to uh, commercial real estate, financial consultant at one point, and so did a variety of things. And then. Uh, I was working for a Merrill Lynch in the late 90s, and I I thought, wow, you know, I, I really want to do something myself. You know, yeah. I, I wanted the, the typical business owner idea of, you know, I, I want to be my own boss and, you know, not have limits on my income, all those exciting things that we get into the entrepreneur game for. And uh, usually, as you mentioned, we build our own prison, but, yeah. you know, we don't think about that at the beginning. And uh, so, I, I jumped off and I started a uh, small uh, website design firm. This was like, like I said, late '90s, so it was a pretty new okay. thing. With uh, a business partner of mine, and we uh, started working on that. And at the time, we were we both it was bootstrapped. We had no money, you know, um, and uh, so the we couldn't afford advertising. So the way we did it was through cold calling, and okay. uh, which I had done previously. All my sales jobs have been cold calling, and we we got real good at. And we were building up the business and. You know, but we found uh, one day a, a client asked us, "Hey, you know, could we use some of your your lead gen people, your co callers?" And I thought, "Well, okay, I guess we can sub them out." And then another client asked us the same thing a couple months later, and we and then we realized, boy, there's a bigger demand for this than there is for our website design services because uh, you know at that time a lot of business didn't even have websites, and so we were kind of you know selling you know yeah. against the current. So we transitioned and started doing that full time, and we transitioned into a B two B Employment setting lead gen firm, ultra cold calling, and here we are, twenty something, twenty three years later. You know, doing multi millions um, every year in, in that business, and so uh, it's been quite a ride. I unfortunately, you know, we I I had a business partner, and it was a great relationship. A, a lot of business partnerships don't end well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think the uh, the quote divorce rate is higher than it is for uh, you know. I've had my share the, of them, and they most times have not ended well. So. <laughs> no, they, they usually don't. But uh, I was extremely fortunate. I I found the right partner. We were 
very complementary, completely different personalities and skill sets, and and it worked well. But you know, so in, in 2017, uh, I came to work one morning, and he didn't, and yeah. uh, turned out he had a, a heart attack the, the previous night, and it really was uh, you know quite a shock, as you can imagine. Uh, he was like family, and and uh, we had a great relationship and everything. So, but so here I was all of a sudden stuck in this business, you know, at the head of it because I had I, we had broken up our roles in the business and I handled the operations, the HR, the financials, the technicals, all that kind of stuff. And he dealt with the customer service side of it. And so, you know, both of us worked full time in the business and worked a lot of hours, but we always had each other. So, you know, I would go on vacation, take a week off and, you know, he'd cover for me and vice versa. But all of a sudden there I was and I'm doing his job and mine. I'm in charge of everything all of a sudden. And I realized, wow, I have zero freedom. I can't right. take a day off. You know, I'm in the office at four in the morning and working until eight or nine at night. You know, the the nightmare that uh, we don't see coming. I really, at that point, I had to do a lot of soul searching and, and figure things out. And I realized, you know, I was really not a business owner, that I was an operator. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I just kind of like an employee who happens to own 100% of the, the stock, you know, so to speak. And so I, I really focused the first few years there on figuring out how do I get myself out of the business so I'm not so tied to it, so it's not reliant on me. Mm-hmm. And because I went through that process, I was able to, to figure out what I needed to do to get to that point. And it was, it was life-changing for me. I finally got my freedom back. And that's kind of what I focus on these days is, is helping the company still existing, but my role has changed where I'm helping a lot of small business owners deal with the same thing I was, which is being mm-hmm. tied to the day-to-day, you know, in that that prison, as you, as you put it, which I love, yeah. you know, that we kind of build for ourselves. So that's that's kind of what I do these days. Love it. Love it. Well, and I mean, I think there's so many business owners out there. I mean, and I was one, you know, I mean, I, I, I always say the best thing that ever happened was the pandemic because, I mean, I was working 80, 90-hour work weeks literally seven days a week. And when the pandemic hit, you know, and I was running six businesses at the time when the pandemic hit, everything slowed down. And I realized that there was actually life outside of the walls of my business, you know, and started to slow down a little bit because, you know, I was not going out on sales calls. They were, we were doing Zooms and all of a sudden it was like, boom, now I can get seven hours worth of work done that was what used to take me 12 to 15 hours and and I actually had a life outside of it. So, you know, I think it's those events in life that we have to look at. And, you know, I knew I didn't want to ever go back to that again. (laughs) Once, once, once I realized there was a life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing when you realize the, the, the possibilities, uh, but you know, you're right. And and I think COVID changed, uh, obviously a lot of bad stuff, but don't, don't mean to minimize that, but a lot of good things came out of it. Like you said, you know, that was a further change for us in our business, you know, and even accelerated that process that I was changing. And uh, so a lot of, a lot of good things came out of it. So, yeah. uh, but that's exciting. That- well, I think, yeah, I think that people looked at a lot of ways to, you know, kind of make their business more efficient and everything else. And, you know, like I said, for me, it was, I wasn't out driving around town on sales calls and client appointments. And I was focused more on just all right, just stack up the appointments and get through it. And, you know, there were days where, hey, there wasn't any appointments, so there was no reason to be in the office. And, you know, whereas the days were before that. So, you know, when we think about it from your perspective, 
when you're starting to work with somebody, you know, the the problem with most entrepreneurs is they're very independent, somewhat hard-headed. We are. How do you get, first off, how do you get somebody to realize, okay, you need my help? <laughs> well, I think if we, I always ask them, you know, so what would happen if you uh, left town tomorrow and you went to Tahiti, for instance, for a month and you didn't bring your phone, didn't bring your computer and you didn't talk to your office? When you came back, uh, would your business still be there? And more importantly, would it be thriving and growing without you? Yeah. Because if not, you know, your business really isn't worth anything and uh, certainly not to an outsider. And mm -hmm. you're going to be chained to that and you're going to buy yourself a job basically that you're going to be working until you die if, unless you make a change. So it's your choice. If you want to continue to live that life, go for it. But most of us didn't get into this gig for, for that kind of lifestyle. So <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I uh, explain it to people. Yeah. So how do you, you know, when you're working with them, how do you, you know, what are some of the steps as you walk them through the process? Yeah, I've kind of narrowed it down to, to four major areas that that I found when I was making that transition myself that are, are just critical. And, you know, the first one really starts with exactly what you're talking about is the, you know, the business owner, the entrepreneur, because we tend to be, you know, hard charging, you know, people who are not waiting around for somebody else to do it for us. Mm -hmm. a lot of type A personalities. It's very hard for us to do things like delegate, take a step back. Um, we just want to go, go, go. And so working on our, our overall mentality and realizing that, you know, and training our, our mindset a little bit to change from, I've got to get this done. You know, I've got to get those sales. I've got to get that appointment. I've got to, you know, optimize this, you know, process or whatever. Yeah, instead of that mentality, you need to have the mentality of, okay, who needs to do this? Who needs to make these sales? You know, who do I need to bring in? You know, what do we need to do, you know, as a bigger picture type of things? You start to think like an owner instead of thinking like a, a technician or an, an operator. And mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a shift in thinking. And so it's an understanding of what your really your role is. You know, I, when I first started making that transition and started thinking about that, I, I really had difficulty. I felt almost kind of guilty, like I should be doing something, you know. Yeah. When, you know, if you're focusing on making the the big time decisions, the big strategy level stuff, the owner level things, you're not going to be in that, you know, you're not stuffing envelopes and sending emails and, you know, to a bunch of people and doing mm -hmm. things like that. So it's it's a hard transition to make mentally. And there's But there's different strategies you can use to help, you know, make that mindset change, you know. It happens very quickly for some. Some it takes quite a while. You know, I was kind of in the middle, I think, probably. But so I would, that's your number one step. Number two is building some sort of internal team. You know, depends on where you start, of course. And that usually means employees, but it can be also contractors. You know, a lot of us, you know, have just have contractors that we work with. And, but we usually use the same people once we get that relationship. So, Building, you know, a team, uh, which is, in my opinion, your most important asset of your business. You know, it's not the money in your bank. It's not your intellectual property. It's not your clients. It's the people that you have working with you. Uh, right. Because if everything falls apart tomorrow, you know, what you have is, you know, you, your people and you can come back from that right. and you can do new things. And so, but of course, you know, we're in a very difficult environment for hiring in particular the last few years. And you know, it took me a while to figure that out too. Uh, I've, you know, hired people the, the wrong way for many, many years and had huge turnover our company and uh, was able to kind of figure that out so that now we have a lot of longevity. 
And then, you know, the other two things are just our systems and optimization, which is not automation. Automation supports systems and, and optimization. So there's a, people get carried away sometimes with technology and, you know, it's, uh, it's cool, but doesn't mean just because it's cool that you need it. You know, the, the last thing that I, I found really helped us was involving the entire company, all, everyone in the sales and marketing process, making it sales and marketing permeate the whole company. So, because when I originally started, you know, I looked at our company and people that were doing, you know, human resources or operations or the technical stuff, they had no idea about marketing or sales. And so, and then the salespeople were the opposite. And so you had these two competing understandings of, of what the company was doing and they clashed all the time. And the people in sales didn't do a good job of supporting, you know, the operations people, for instance, and vice versa. And when we started sort of getting together as a group and educating everybody on particularly sales and marketing and teaching everybody from the receptionist, so to speak, and the, the IT person to the salespeople, we started having a unifying message and it brought together the team. Mm-hmm. And it was such a critical change in our company that, that I really teach that as a real important part of any business. So yeah. it's really those four things. It's you as the entrepreneur, it's building that right team, the systems and processes in place. You know, and then that idea of sales and marketing kind of permeating the whole company. So that's that's kind of the things that I focus on. Yeah, I, and I think that's it's so good. You know, because I I even remember one of the large financial firms I worked for. You know, it was like the the sales department, which was I was part of, and the marketing department never spoke. You know, mm-hmm. and so you you never really had any interaction even with the marketing department, and then. Not only that, you had, you know, all the different service departments and everything else. But I, I remember them doing, you know, I, the marketing department would do some kind of a promotion and not tell us in the sales department what was going on. So you'd have a right. conversation with a client and it's like, uh, well, yeah, you've got this promotion going. Uh, we do. I didn't even know that. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, being able to integrate that throughout the company is a huge part of it. Because then it's not, oh, well, those sales guys that make all the money, they don't really care about what we do. You know, and I think if you if you also got your sales guys realizing what the service and, you know, what the service departments and the uh, customer service and client service are doing, it it helps everybody to understand everybody's job. Yeah. And I, and I think it, it also helps, you know, with the other part of the team building, because I, I always look at it like we need to, as small business in particular, you know, at larger businesses is a different dynamic. But for us, you know, when we're building a team, we really want to create a bunch of mini owners People that feel that ownership, uh, even if they're not don't own equity, they they feel like they're part of it, and the dedication, and everything else that comes with that, and that teaching that and getting everybody on the same page, so to speak, particularly with sales and marketing, is is huge for that. So you don't have what you're talking about that that tension where there's everybody's kind of not on the same page, and yeah, you know, so it's we can get that right. Boy, it makes a huge difference. I know it did for our company. Yeah, and I know that you know so. You get started with them, you're working with them. Typically, what's a typical interaction look like for uh, working with a client? Is it a short period of time? Is it a longer period? Yeah, you know, it really depends on the where the client is in their business. Uh, you know, I've got, you know, a 90-day program that I work with, you right. know, a client like once a week for 90 days. And, you know, we're able to accomplish a lot in that period of time. And for most businesses, that gets them far enough along the track that they can kind of take it over from there. I do have longer relationships that I work with, but, you know, because that's a very valid question and some, you know, something everybody always asks is, you know, how long does this take? You know, is this going to take years? Yeah. Or, 
you know, and I always like to say it's it's a little bit like, you know, the difference between an ocean liner and a speedboat, you know, which is harder yeah. to turn. Which is, you know, if you've got a, you know, large company with 100 employees, uh, well, I mean, that's relative large for most small businesses. You know, it's a little bit different. It's going to take a little bit longer than if it's just you and one employee, for, you know, for say. But oh, yeah. I, I've found uh, that most business owners can make that kind of that switch within a year, uh, which sounds fast. But, uh, you know, again, it could certainly can be faster depending on where you are. But, you know, a lot of it is really is what you were talking about at the very beginning when we were talking about the business owner themselves mm-hmm. and the, the resistance that we have because we, we want to do it our way, you know, that the faster we can let go of that, the quicker the process works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it, it, you know, it's a typical lawyer answer of the, it depends, but, uh, that's, <laughs> you know, that's the reality of it. You know? Ideally 90 days or so you can get them far enough along the page. Yeah. Hopefully mm-hmm. they don't, they don't fall back off the wagon again once they get there. I know yeah. I, in the exit planning side of my business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you get that momentum going, I think, yeah. I think it gets you a long way there, you know. Yeah, it's it's funny in the the exit planning side of my business. I mean, it 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 really goes one of two ways. Either that, you know, we we make a plan, we're like, okay, so we got a five year exit plan. Here's where we go. I'm showing you the outside world, showing you how to you know readjust your business a little bit so that you can kind of fire yourself. And they either go one of two ways: one, they kicking and screaming, and they don't want to make a change, or all of a sudden they accelerate from five years to like a year of how can I get out of this business now in a year? So yeah, it's it's fun to watch how they can change just by having those discussions with them. Yeah. It's, a, it's like yeah. a lot of things in life, motivation, you know, it depends on Absolutely. how much you have. If you're motivated, you can always do it quick. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. And you show them the outside world and what it's like and, and give them permission to actually give themselves some time to, to have some fun. And it's, it's a totally different world. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Let's, talk a little bit about how someone could interact with you. What's what's the best way going to be, you know, if somebody's interested in working with you, how would uh, how would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first I would recommend, you know, checking out I'm on, you know, all the social media platforms, uh, but my YouTube channel in particular, it's under the Robert Pool, like a swing pool with me in the end, and got a lot of videos on there that'll give you an idea of um, the kind of my philosophy on a lot of things. So I always yeah. recommend that, you know, check out somebody you're, you're interested in working with, but you can email me directly and uh, at robert at operator to owner.net. And we could certainly be happy to sit down with you for, you know, half an hour or so and kind of have a, do a strategy session, evaluate where you are in that spectrum from operator to owner, and uh, then give you some, some strategies that you can, like I said, implement over the next 90 days and uh, make a significant, you know, uh, progress toward uh, getting yourself out of the business and get some of your freedom back, like we're talking mm. about. Awesome, very cool. Well, um, let's transition to the fast five questions now. So, ready for the first one? Absolutely, let's hit it. All right. So, first question: You wake up in the morning, business is gone. You have a laptop, computer, place to live, food and clothing, five hundred bucks in your pocket. What do you do first? The first thing I'm doing is going over my mental contact list, my Rolodex, so to speak, and reaching out to those people and letting them know, of course, you know, the situation, what I'm doing, what my plans are, and starting those relationships. Because again, our relationships, it really is what our business is about. And so, you know, hopefully we, and you know, you may not have a huge network, but you know, that's something to constantly work on, but you know, you start with whatever you've got. So I would start with uh, what's 
available right right there, which is my network. Love it. Love it. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? <laughs> uh, I think probably the most uh, painful financial mistake, I'll put it that way, was letting my business partner and I, we had sort of key man insurance policies, you know, and, and yeah. hurts on each other. So if one, one passes away, the other one can buy out, you know, the, the share. And we let our policies lag about a year yeah. before he passed away. And because uh, we both thought, well, we're going to, we're going to renew, but we want to get in better shape, you know, <laughs> you know, so we're yeah. going for those blood tests or whatever, you get a better rate. Yeah. Boy, was that stupid. And I found out because you never think it's going to happen to you. And nope. it happened to me. And let's just say I, when it came to buy out my partner's, you know, interest with the estate and everything, that insurance sure would have helped. <laughs> I'll put it yeah. that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you have insurance, do not get rid of it until you get new insurance at that point. So, but yeah, I mean, and there's so many people out there and I mean, you're, you're a cautionary tale. You need to have that in place because you don't know. Your partner did not expect to wake in, nor did you expect yep. him to not wake up one day, you know, and it's it's something that is the simplest thing to do, but it's the hardest thing to get, you know, owners to buy into because, well, we're never, I'm not going to die while I'm working. I mean, I'm going to die when I'm old. Yeah, maybe not. But what if in those cases? So absolutely. What's a good book that you'd recommend for our audience? Probably my favorite book right now uh, is a book yeah. by a guy named Keith Cunningham. It's called uh, The Road Less Stupid. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, he's an entertaining author. At least I find his stuff entertaining, but it's, uh, it's a solid business book. And what I like about it is he's got a lot of chapters that are almost self-contained. So yeah. uh, you can read it cover to cover, but also, you know, there's you can kind of bounce around and use it as a reference. And he's got just a lot of really wise material in there, things he's learned over the years, and, and I've actually implemented a lot of the stuff he talks about in there. So we actually give it to all our, our new clients because I, I think it's a really great book. So yeah. I love that. Uh, the Road Less Stupid. Like Road Less in. Stupid. I love it. What's a good tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend? You know, I, I was thinking about this and, and you know, we all have so many tools, uh, right. but I was thinking about what do I use all day long? And it you know, it sounds lame, but uh, uh, this password manager, KeePass, <laughs> K-E-E-P-A-S-S. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty open source thing, but because I've bounced around and used different things over the years and when I've, I started using it a couple of years ago and it's simple and easy to use. And, you know, these days with all our passwords and everything everywhere, mm. you know, you got to have, you know, good quality stuff. So for me, that's that's actually a very important business tool that I can that I use. So like I said, we all use a bunch of different stuff, but I think if I had to go without something today, that would not be one of the things that I wouldn't be without. Uh, the one I use, same thing. It is uh, it is ingrained into my life at this point. Plus, yes. it's gone in, you know, as I've set up new passwords, it's put in these incredibly complicated passwords that I would never yeah. be able to recreate. So, they pretty much locked me in for life at this point. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. It's it's kind of like our phones, you know. If, uh, if for some reason I don't have it, I don't know what to do. You know, <laughs> yeah, my exactly. life ends. I can't get a, yeah, I can't deal with anything. Last question: What is your definition of freedom? Options, having options to me, it you know, whether that's you know financial options mm -hmm. or life choice options. To me, it's it's all about having a choice. And that's what that's what freedom is about. So that's the the kind of the, in the terms that I think about. I love it, absolutely. Well, Robert, thank you so much for being on today. 
you know, remind us one more time of the best way to get a hold of you. I would say just simply email. Uh, so it's uh, Robert at operator to owner dot net. Shoot me an email. Let me know, you know, that you heard about Jeff's podcast here and, and more than happy to talk to you. Brilliant. You know, certainly we'll make sure that's in the show notes, folks. So make sure that you take him up on his offer to sit down with you for 30 minutes and, and you know, assess your situation and give you some advice. So thanks a lot. We're on, you know, twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we're on all the major podcast channels and YouTube. So wherever you're at, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you give us a little upvote wherever you're at. And on top of that, please share a comment with us. We want to know that you're out there because we love to answer those. Thanks a lot. And we will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 